Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's health, nutrition, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's health, particularly their hormones, as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that you go through so many challenges in this time in your life, whether that be hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, brain fog, bloating, and of course, the belly fat that has come out of absolutely nowhere. So you go back to your regular ways of losing weight, whether that was cutting calories, cutting carbs, doing a ton of cardio. But for some reason now, those things aren't working anymore and you can't figure out why you're putting in all this effort and nothing is changing, or maybe you're even gaining more weight and feeling more terrible. But we know now that your body is inherently different than how it used to be prior to these hormonal changes. So our goal here at Vitality is to help you feel at home in your body again, understand what's going on in your body during perimenopause and menopause, and really learn how to take care of it, this brand new body of yours, so you can finally reach your health and fitness goals and live a life full of vitality. Today, it is my pleasure to have my friend Aram, four weeks at to the beach is his Instagram handle, on the podcast today. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I am so happy to have my friend Aram Gregorian on the podcast today. Um, his Instagram handle is four weeks to the beach. If you do not follow him, please do so. He posts amazing things. His quotes are always just such hit home things that really make you double think things, triple think things like they are good. They are solid. Um, so Aram, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I just uh, I just basically just rip off all of Andrew Coates' content, bought it off as my own. It's easy. Perfect. I don't know why anybody else isn't doing it. <laughs> just got to put your own little spin on it, really. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's no such thing as an original nutrition and training idea. It's true, honestly. And this is, this is something, you know, we have so many people that are looking for the groundbreaking new thing that's going to melt pounds and inches and fat off your body. All this, the science of this stuff is hundreds of years old and it has not changed and it's not changing anytime soon because nobody's putting any money into it because what do you think Pfizer's going to be doing with their available cash you think they're going to be looking for ways to get people healthy and be preemptive about their health or are they going to rather come up with a pill to sell you when you are sick I think it's going to be a bad business model if they start fixing you before you're broken yeah exactly and honestly it's just like it's just find the person who like resonates with you or that you connect with or whatever but Really, if you're hiring a coach and they're a good coach in it for the and are in it for like the right reasons, most of the stuff is going to be the same. There might just be like a little bit of a twist or whatever it is, but realistically, like it's all going to be the same. I, I have not seen any good coach that has not repeated themselves a, a dozen times a day. Every we're all said like the ones that are standing out are standing out for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think that's what the general population is gravitating towards because it's, that's the stuff that's sexy. That's the stuff that's headline grabbing. That's the, you know, the Dr. Oz's of the world that are just sending you to the teas and the potions and the pills. And I get it. Like there's days where I don't want to do the work. There's days where I don't want to get up and cook my breakfast at five 30 in the morning after I feed my dogs their breakfast. And then I don't want to train at three in the afternoon because I just had a long day and I don't feel like it. Or I, you know, I want to go to the party on Saturday, but it doesn't really fit my goals. We just have a we have a we have an application issue, and we have an instant gratification problem, and that's why people are are frustrated. 
Yeah, the instant gratification thing is so huge. And we all buy into all these like teas and pills and all those things. And it's like, hey, what happens after that? So like something I wanted to like ask you about, because like you're, I love all the content you put out about these kinds of things, but how do you help people become like self-accountable? Because like, and like, how do you keep yourself accountable? Because like stuff gets boring, it gets monotonous, it's consistent, it's predictable, it's stable. And it's almost like when things become so like routine or habit sometimes, I feel like people just want to like throw a wrench in things or self-sabotage or try something different because it's either taking too long or it's just, it's gotten boring. So how do you like find the good in the boring and keep doing the boring? You have to understand what the value of what you're doing really truly is to you. Like that's going to be part of who you are in your DNA. Like I, I don't eat well. Let me back up. I'm very vain. I started all this stuff because I was super insecure. I still am super insecure. I still want affirmation. I, I'm not, I don't have what would be considered the healthiest mindset around this stuff, but it works for me because my relationship with it is fine. I don't, I don't obsess about food. I don't obsess about the scale. Like none of that stuff is a problem for me, but I also know that I do this and keep looking the way that I do purely out of vanity. Like, of course I understand that there's also a health benefit to it. Um, but the reality is, is if, you were to, if you were to ask me what my priority was, it's aesthetic. It's 100% aesthetic. It's like why I'm not going to ever pull punches. Like I, that's exactly why I lift and eat the way that I do because I want to look like the best 40-year-old in the room. I don't think that's a bad reason to do things. I think if, 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 it's, if it's not something that you become obsessed with and it's not something that destroys your mental health or your quality of life, then who cares? If, if it keeps somebody healthy for the rest of their life and that's the reason why, great, we want to battle. But the problem is, is that I think your average person isn't paying attention to nutrition and training until it becomes an aesthetic issue for them or until they're told otherwise by a healthcare practitioner that they need to start paying attention to it or they're influenced by one of their friends who's looking or feeling better than they are. So then they start going down this road of desperation, immediate tactics, aggressive approaches, but it's not hardwired into who they are because it's just a temporary intervention until they can start to at least see what they want to see, which nine out of 10 times doesn't happen or it doesn't happen in the timeline that they want. Or they get to a point where they just throw their hands up and say, this is not something I want to do because I just don't want to put the work in because it takes a lot of mindfulness and effort and daily consistency and it sucks. So to answer your question in a more direct way, you have to accept the fact that health, the pursuit of health is boring if you think of it as boring. But if you find it exciting to be somebody who's in the driver's seat and be in control of your own body, your own health, and your own life, then you don't need to be motivated to do it. Your body pays you back. Your emotions pay you back. Your mental health pays you back. All that stuff becomes abundantly evident. Like they're, like Fit people are just more pleasant. Like We're just more pleasant. Like I wake up every single day. Like I've never had a day where I've woken up and been like, oh, it's a Monday again. Like that, that's just a loser's mentality. If you if you hate every day or if you're looking forward to the weekend every weekend, how much does your life suck outside of those two days? And I think that people that are fit and honor their health and honor their mental health are just more pleasant and they love life no matter what comes at it. Like my mother, who's at not great health, but just a very positive person. She wakes up every day thankful that she's alive again, that she gets to put her two feet on the ground, that she gets to put stuff in her body, that she gets to move and go to TJ Maxx and buy shoes and go swimming, like find the little shit that excites you to be alive because it's either going to wait for time to pass by and do nothing with that time. And then it's going to be everybody else's fault because they're having this great life because you're just sitting on this thing 
looking at everybody else's amazing pictures and amazing videos. They're at Positano and they're eating this. I can't do any of that. It's like, no, you can. You're just not doing it. Yeah. And I think like, so I've been reading this book called Things That Matter by Joshua Becker. It's an incredible book. I'm like, I think like 30 pages in and I'm like, this is something everybody has to read. It's so good. Um, but there was a quote in there that something went along the lines of something like, life isn't actually that short. It's just that we spend too much time doing crap that doesn't matter. That makes it seem short because you didn't get to do the things that you actually wanted to. And I think like so much of that has to do with like distraction and what we're actually doing. And like, are we being present? We focus on like the things that we have to do or like negative things in our life per se, or like focusing on things that we don't love so much. And I'm a hundred percent believer in like, where you focus your energy, that's like where all your efforts and stuff go. So if you focus on the negative or I have to do this, I have to do that, this sucks, then yeah, your whole entire life, you're going to feel like you wasted it because like you didn't actually focus on the good stuff, enjoying things, being present in the movement, making sure you're enjoying the process. And I think people who enjoy the process are far more successful, are far more happy, have way better mental health instead of waking up every day and being like, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. This sucks. I'm not there yet. That's brutal. But what's there? You know what I mean? Like everybody's waiting for this perpetual there. Um, and I posted a video clip of Rick Rubin talking about this the other day. Uh, he, Rick Rubin's a highly, highly experienced uh, music producer, works with Jay-Z, Soundgarden, you know, Nirvana. He's managed some of the best people in the world. And he talks about it in this little minute and a half clip about like how some of these really successful people are just chasing this success. And then when they get there, they're still unfulfilled. They're still unhappy. They're still miserable. No matter, no matter how much money they have or how many planes they sit on or how many fans they have and how many people they sleep with, it doesn't matter because they're just empty inside. So I don't care. Like, so how many women have you dealt with who are like, I just, I want to, I want to lose weight. It's like, okay, why? Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to feel more confident. I said, I bet you're going to feel more confident once you start getting control of your life, meaning you understand what you're putting in your body. You understand how to train with weights. You understand that you can say no to things and still be a good person. You understand how to put boundaries around yourself. That's power. There's no number attached to that. That's just how you feel inside. And yeah, of course, does it, does it feel good to look good? Sure. But aesthetics are not easy. Like your average person will never look amazing. You're going to lose and gain weight your whole fucking life. So if you're sitting there and just chasing a number on the scale, which we all have seen what 150 pounds on a woman could look like. It looks completely different on four different people, right? You could have a 150 pound woman who's got no muscle mass on her who looks like shit and doesn't feel good. And then you got a 150 pound woman who can deadlift 300 pounds and does 300 pound squats and can run a 5k in under 15 minutes. And she's 150 pounds of muscle. So the weight doesn't matter. It's like, okay, what's your body composition? And what are you doing to get there? Like, how do you live every single day? And Nobody has any idea of like, if you ask somebody, what makes you happy? How do you feel? What's going on? Nobody's giving an honest answer anymore because nobody's in tune with it. Yeah, no, it's super crazy. And there's just like such a miss. Like there, people just don't quite understand. I feel like what actually brings them joy. So they think it's a size, but it's like, okay, but you're relating it back to like how you felt back then, what your relationships were like back then, yeah, your social life was back then. Yeah. So it's like, it's so different. It doesn't have anything to do with like the actual number. And like, we've talked to so many women who are like, oh, like, I just feel like, yeah, once I get here, I'll finally be happy. It's like, no, you won't. And like, I was talking to a woman the other day and it like almost brought me to tears. I was so excited because we have like in our coaching, we have like this whole process of like, what's your ideal self? 
What does your ideal day look like? What actually brings you joy? Um, what are you struggling with? Like all these things to kind of help us figure out where are you now? Where do you want to be? What does it actually look like? And what's actually missing? Is it a number on a scale? Probably not. Most of the time it's not. And, uh, it was amazing. This one woman like could not finish it. She's like, I don't even know what I like about myself. I don't know. Like she just had such a hard time. And she messaged me the other day. I posted like a quote or something, shared something from someone. And she's like this, this, she's like, I finally don't give a crap what anyone thinks about me. Like, I feel so good. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me. Like, I feel good. I feel strong. And I was like, this is your moment. Like, this is it. This is the moment you were waiting for. Not the moment on the scale or the body comp. It was like this, this is it. This is what you were looking for. And now everything else is like a bonus. And you're more likely to get there because you're in such a good place. And you have the boundaries and like the empowerment to like continue on. But like, That was like a few month process of like trying to drill into her and ask her the same questions all the time, just in different ways. And then it just finally clicked. And it was like, yes, we did it. You're there. This is what we wanted. (laughs) But she's lucky that she had somebody that cared enough to keep asking the same questions. Because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. times as coaches, we have pressure to create results. Results to us means a number on the scale, unfortunately, right? Because what are what are online coaches constantly touting? X client lost X amount of pounds in X amount of weeks. Yep. That's all we're seeing. That's all we're seeing. And then then we have the opposite extreme, which is the six paragraph testimonials that nobody can read in the story anyway. Nobody's going to stop <laughs> yeah. to read. So if you want to share wins, share wins amongst your community. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, you also understand the kind of person that I am just from talking to me through Andrew and stuff. Like I, I don't have transformation pictures of clients. I don't share my client stories on Instagram. Very rarely, unless somebody does something really astounding. Like if you go to set, if you go to a set of failure on a hack squat and it looks like a brutal death match, yeah, I'll post that because that's cool. That's what people need to see. But if you're just doing your job, you don't get a pat on the back for that anymore. Like you're an adult. You, you should be taking care of your health and your mental health. That is your responsibility, especially if you have children and especially if you have daughters and if you're a mother. And I know that sounds weird from a 39-year-old guy with no kids, but like I work with 98% women over 35 and they have problems because of their youth. They have problems because of the messaging that they received growing up as, as women because their mothers were fucked up and were going to Weight Watchers and starving themselves. They were on the low-fat phase, then they were on the low-carb phase. And it was just never that – it was never – there's no education around better. There's only, there's only messaging of less. And I think what I'm trying to do and I think what a lot of the good coaches are trying to do is we're trying to empower people to take life back into their own hands because the environment is not set up for us to succeed. Uh, you're in Canada, right? So mm-hmm. you guys have different problems than we do, but they're similar in nature. Like Canadians are, are very pleasant people, but they also tend to follow the rules. And Americans are are turning into very quickly into that same rule follower, don't ask any questions and just comply. Can you imagine if people just complied to what we told them to do? Yeah. Like if we gave them a plan and they just were like, cool, like we're the CDC, it's COVID. If you don't eat this amount of food and train like this, you're going to die. Everybody would be fit. Everybody would be (laughs) in great shape. They would, they would, but I get it because we live in a landscape, like you said, full of distractions, TikTok, Instagram, Netflix. I, I mean, I have a hundred dollars worth of food delivery apps and TV apps that could numb me all day, every single day if I wanted to. And most oftentimes that's how adults are living. And think about what it was like when you were a kid. 
what was, and this is uh, one of my clients telling me this, and I think it was the most profound thing I ever heard. She was like, the reason why children develop into adults in such a rapid rate, right? Because think about it, from like three to 18, you not only do you grow in size, but you grow in mental capacity, emotional intelligence. Like that is a massive transformation. You will never go through that transformation ever again in your life. No. Why does that occur? It occurs because you have rules, you have bedtimes, you have limits on what you can and can't do. When you become an adult and you're in your 20s, it's like, holy shit, the rules are gone. And now you have to fend for yourself and figure it all out. So we're not equipped to handle adulthood well because we don't have any rules anymore. And rules are now seen in our society as something that's evil and restrictive and disordered. As opposed to like, when you get married, you're not allowed to sleep with anybody else. That's a rule in certain communities. Yeah, if you're, dri- <laughs> if you're driving a car, you're supposed to drive a certain speed limit. Nobody bothers to think about that. But the second there's a rule around how you eat, it's all oh like, God, that's right. How could you? That's disorder. It's like, no, I'm just putting guardrails up because the environment's not set up for me to not crash. Yeah, I always give the analogy of like the bowling lanes and you can like put up the guardrails if you need that structure. And then once you have your habits and stuff built, you don't need the guardrails anymore because like you're good. Like you can you can hit the pins. You're good to go. But I think it's just like we fight structure so much and we're like, no, I don't want rules. I don't want restrictions. I don't want this. Like, I want to live my life exactly how I want to live it. I'm like, cool. cool. And you're going to stay exactly where you are. To and it. if you're okay with that, that's fine. But you need to take responsibility over your choices. Like, I may go and like, I gave a story the other day, like, I was not in a good place. I was tired, not sleeping. I was skipping meals, doing all the things I tell people not to do. And uh, I crushed a a container, not just like a little bag, a container of gummy worms. Didn't poop for like two days. Like just (laughs) everything was garbage. It was so bad. And I'm like, but I'm not going to blame it on the fact that I was tired, that I wasn't sleeping well, that I was skipping meals because those were all choices that I made. So was it the best choice? Nope. Was there things that influenced me to make those choices? Yes, but it was still things that were were in my control. So, okay, now I'm moving forward. I have those gummy worms. They're still there. I'm limiting myself to like five a day. I still get to have my treat. It's fine. It's like 60 calories, whatever, not a big deal. And I'm fine. It's just moving forward, taking the next steps. But like being okay that like you made that choice, you had to take responsibility over it. Now what are you doing next? And like, we're all going to have slip ups. We're all human. Like it happens and it is what it is. But like by constantly blaming other things, you're never going to take control over your life ever. So you may as well just like not even try, which is brutal. And this happens a lot, I think, with people as they age. Um, and again, I'm not a woman, so it's it's. I, I deal with women's health, but I understand that I will never feel with women's health. I have an idea of it because I've gone through my own hormone issues. I was diagnosed with folk testosterone at 31. I was suicidal at 32. I could not perform as a man for an entire year and a half. And any woman, and this is something women really need to understand. So- this is not me mansplaining anything. This is just the fact. When it comes to sexual intercourse, when a woman shows up into the bedroom, she doesn't have to do anything but be there. We're coming with all the equipment that needs to work. So if our equipment isn't working, we've lost our identity. It's kind of similar to what happens when women get double vasectomies with cancer. Mm-hmm. They don't feel right until they get their their uh, breasts done again because they lose their identity. It, you lose your feminine energy, just like you lose mm-hmm. your masculine energy when you have erectile dysfunction, that's a huge problem in our society because men are of poor health, they're highly stressed, they're overstimulated by pornography or anything else. So I was, yeah, I was going down the hormone problem road. So I 
felt exactly what a woman in menopause feels like. You've lost all function as a woman and you're losing your identity. But that is not why you're getting fat. It, yes, it's making it harder to stay at a certain weight. Yes, it's becoming more challenging, but also examine the last 20 years of habits leading up to menopause. Like, How did you take care of yourself leading up to menopause? If you were doing all the right things, then maybe it's HRT, right? Maybe we've got to get a hormone replacement and get you feeling your best because that is a viable option these days. But if you treated yourself like an amusement park that didn't care about any of your actions or decisions, why should menopause be easy? It's a massive transition of life where you're losing hormones, you're losing muscle mass. The cognitive function starts to get worse. Digestive health gets worse because all these systems are working together and now these systems are completely disrupted. But you're never going to prevent menopause. It's just a natural fact of life. But you can at least soften the blow mm -hmm. by setting yourself up for success, by not dieting your whole life. And I also don't like that narrative because people really don't diet their whole life because it's impossible to do that. So what do people actually do when they say they do that? They eat 800 calories for three days straight, and then they binge for four days because they can't actually eat 800 calories anymore because their body's like, holy shit, I'm ravenously hungry, and I'm just going to eat everything. So it's not that you're actually in a calorie deficit for 25 years, because if you did, you'd be dead. Yeah. You just wouldn't cease to exist. You would not have enough energy to survive, and it would be over. So you're probably in an energy deficit for three days out of the week, and then you're in a massive surplus for four days, and that's your pattern for 20 years. And then your only idea of exercise is, God forbid, I pick up a dumbbell that's heavier than 10. I need to cycle and run and sweat until all this proverbial fat just drips off me, which it never will, because we don't burn nearly the amount of calories that we think we do while we're training, because that's not what the purpose of training is. So, And then they're setting themselves up for this catastrophic feeling when they're 45 and then it's five years of misery and then it's well ugh, that's just 45 that's just menopause like no it doesn't have to be that way yeah exactly and i think like a huge thing too is like people are so like we're so quick to jump on the next bandwagon the next fad diet the whatever worked for my friend but it's like do you actually understand how that's affecting your body and once you're done what are you supposed to do then? Let's say you get to your goal weight doing whatever diet it is. How do you maintain that and like live a life you actually want? And I think there's such a huge disconnect where people are like, oh, that works. And it's like, but do you understand what it's doing? Because that's really important. I think when we finally start to understand what different diets do or what the cycle of yo-yo dieting does or not getting enough sleep does, what like doing all these different things are going to do to like your mind, your hormones, your metabolism, your ability to lose weight, to your ability to maintain it, all those things. And it's like, we're so quick to do things without understanding. And yes, I'm a huge proponent of like messy action is always better than inaction, just planning forever. But at a certain point, you do have to take some responsibility of like, what is this actually doing? What is the purpose? How is it affecting me? Because I mean, you wouldn't just go and like, I don't know, go eat a bunch of poison or something. Like before you do that, you'd probably be like, hmm, what is it actually doing to my body? Yet when we apply it to like actual food and nutrition and our habits, we're like, oh no, like it's got to be this. And it's like, okay, but you would do the research for other stuff and like ask well, you, questions, right? I was, gonna, like, I was I, sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to just make a point. Like I see your hair. Think about the amount of research and the amount of phone calls and reviews women read before they go to a hair salon. <laughs> oh my I gosh, mean, I need to find a new hairdresser and I'm so stressed about it. <laughs> <laughs> like weeks, they're, they're interviewing their friends. Like, where did she do? How was she? Was she caring? Did she understand what she was doing? How is she educated? 
they ask a million questions before they get their hair done, but then they just jump into something that's a physiological process. Like they just go into keto or fasting without any idea of how it's supposed to work because it worked for Jennifer. And it's like, you have no idea what Jennifer's life was like or why she chose that thing. And you have no idea what's going to happen to Jennifer after the diet's over. So if you're putting that much attention and all these other things that are important to you, and guess what? Clearly your hair is more important to you than your health, because if it was important to you, A, you would invest time. And if you didn't want to invest time, you would invest money. Yep. Like a, a woman's haircut is what, three, four hundred bucks? Sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Right? <laughs> yeah. And you're doing that once every two, three, four months probably? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're, so you're spending twelve to $1,500 a year on your hair, but you can't spend $250 a month on an on a support system and an educational system for yourself to learn how to manage your food and your and your training. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, think of all the like the Botox and the fake eyelashes and all the makeup and the hair and the nails and like all those things. And it's like, oh man, like if you put that money just for one year, one year into your health, holy crap, like you would do so well. You would feel so good. Yeah, it's, it's astonishing to me. I mean, I I've got, but I'm also very much not materialistic and I don't care. Like when you, when you have, and this is the other part about having a decent build. Like when you're structured well and you have muscle at your body, I could walk into Target and buy pants that work for $10. Mm -hmm. What half the shit I wear is from Amazon or Groupon or Target. And I could wear a Target suit that's 112 bucks and I can make it look like an Armani's because I have broad <laughs> shoulders and I have no waist. Like, great. Yeah. Because I've taken care of myself for 25 years. I have friends now that are still holding on to their suits from high school that can't put them on because they're 40, 50, 70 pounds overweight. And they're like, oh, I don't understand what happened. It's like, what do, what do you think happened over the last 15 years when you stopped paying attention to this stuff? And I, listen, I get it. Life events are going to happen. You're going to get married. You're going to have kids. You're going to have money problems and house problems and work problems and relationship problems. But when you have some semblance of mindfulness towards your eating, your training, your body movement, your sleep, and your recovery, you're better equipped to handle all stressors of life. So you can either be a complete victim to all your stressors and say, well, this is horrible. My life sucks. Or you can say, these are part of my life because this is what life is. Life is never going to be just an ongoing 90-year vacation. It's going to probably be relatively mundane. And you're going to have dribs and drabs of Cancun and a couple of margaritas and some creme brulees. It's not going to be that every single day. But people want it to be like that. And it's an unrealistic standard. Yeah, it's crazy. Like people are like, oh, you're so lucky because you get to like work from anywhere. And it's like, yeah, but that means also when I'm on vacation, like I'm still working and it's not that big of a deal because like, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. Like, I'm never like, oh, I don't want to do what I'm doing. Like, and you're not I lucky. genuinely you chose love this it. And you earned it. So you're not lucky. This dude was not given to you. You had to take it. Yeah. So well, that's, that's fucking bullshit I too. I hate the, oh, that person's so lucky. And it's like, oh man, I remember having this conversation with a girl that I'm no longer friends with for obvious reasons because I got so upset and led to a series of events and whatever it happens, it happens. But I remember in university, I worked like full time, went to school, volunteered, got good grades, worked hard to get scholarships, like saved up my student loan money. Like I wouldn't like spend it all. Like I only spent what I needed and saved it all. So at the end of the year, I was able to get myself a car because I live in a place where it gets to minus 40 in the wintertime. My car didn't have heating for two years. I used to get in and have to scrape the inside of my windshield with a credit card. Like it was not good. And then she's like, oh, you're so lucky you got a new car. I'm like, 
Are you joking? You went on vacations. You went like your parents paid for you to do this, that, the other thing. Like you don't have to like, are you joking? Like, no, I suffered with a car with no heat minus 40 for two years. Two years. It's actually offensive. Like I I find it, I find it offensive when people expect fitness and training and and nutrition to be easy. Like it's offensive to the people that have done this for their whole life. It's, It's offensive to people that dedicate there are a lot, and people are like, "Well, why don't you just live a little?" And there's nothing like, listen, I'm a recreational drug user. I like to party, I like to be, you know, big crowds every once in a while, just because that's what fills my cup, and I can do it with intention, and I have control of it. I'm very strategic about when I say yes to that stuff, but you're going to be invited to things every week if you allow yourself to be, and if you go to these things every week and you behave like it doesn't matter. And you're going to have to reap the consequences of whatever happens during those weekends because a weekend is 23% of your week, or I might be off by my math, it's close. So if you spend 23% of your life, like let's say you just went to the work 23% of their 80, whatever, 77% yeah. of the time, you wouldn't get a full paycheck. You probably wouldn't get a paycheck, period. So mm-hmm. why do you expect to have an amazing physique, feel great, have good bowel movements, have amazing energy, be in a great mood? When you're only taking care of yourself 77% of the time. So yep. we have to understand that this none of this stuff is rocket science. It's all very, very simple. It's going to take however long it's going to take. And until you've actually spent six months to a year being consistent, and I mean consistent, I mean 95% on point. Stop blaming your hormones. Stop blaming your age. Stop blaming your eating disorder or whatever else. And take responsibility for the fact that you just not have been consistent enough for long enough. But if you have been consistent for long enough and things are still not working out for you, then yes, we have to look under the hood, get blood work, do all that kind of stuff and make sure that there isn't an internal chemical issue because that's when it becomes a real thing. But I've yet to see like, because you know, it's gut health is a sexy thing right now. Hormones are a sexy thing right now, right? Everybody's talking about it. Biohacking is sexy. So all these things are out there. And it's absolving people of responsibility for, for acting on a daily basis. Yeah, they use it as a crutch. And listen, I did it the wrong way too. And that's what led to my hormone problem. I dieted like an asshole for six months for a photo shoot. I got down to 7% body fat and then I destroyed wow. my endocrine system. And yeah, I look great in two photographs, but who cares? Like I, <laughs> I'm now having to put a needle in me three times a week for the rest of my life because of what I did. Now, granted, I got my life back. And I think mm-hmm. that's why, like, I always empower my women in menopause. Like, why suffer if you don't have to? Like, if you live in a yes. country that does hormone replacement, just go get it. Like, if it costs you 300 bucks a month, who gives a shit? Go do it. Like, you're going to feel like you're 25 again at, at 60. Like, I have a woman right now who's 62 years old. She hip thrusts 400 pounds. She's growing that's muscle amazing. at 63 years old. Like, yes. No, great. She's not cheating. She's not on steroids. She's on hormone mm-hmm. replacement. Like it puts her back to what her normal body would have been like at 35. So she's circumventing a process of aging. That's not like, let's use technology for what it's there for. If we have the availability to improve our health with technology, then use it. Um, and that's why like, I don't have a problem as much as I don't love the idea of Ozempic. I think if it could save somebody's life and it could put them onto a track that gets them to start to remedy their habits, then what's, who am I? I I'm a steroid. I'm on 600 milligrams of testosterone right now for at least the next six weeks. I'm not going to judge somebody who's taking a shot to lose weight because if it gives them some mental bias and it changes the trajectory of how they think about this stuff, great, do it. Don't live on it forever because for me, 
I have a plan to get off a 600 million testosterone. I know what my future holds. I know it's not going to be forever because it's not going to be good for me. Just like you should have a plan if you're on something like Ozempic, like what's going to happen afterwards? Have you remedied and tailored your life to be better? And that's where it's our responsibility as coaches to, to kind of always live in the middle of the road. Like we can't ever say this is good or bad unless it's truly good or bad for somebody. Yeah. And it's going to be individual for each person. But I think it's important to note too, like your client who's taking the hormone, the hormones to help her, she's still putting in the work in Absolutely. the gym. She's still putting in the work in her nutrition. So hormones aren't this like magical, like, oh, I'm going to take it and everything's going to be better. It's like, no, you still have to do the things. It'll help you feel better so that you get better results from it and that you can like potentially sleep better, which is going to help with your cortisol and help you with your muscle mass. But if you're not doing the things, it's not this magic pill that everybody thinks it is, which like drives me crazy. Like, oh, well, taking this helped me lose weight. I'm like, no, it'll help you feel better. But if you're not doing the things, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I, steroids are an easy one because uh, there's a lot of men or boys, let me say boys, because it's really not men that do this stuff. It's really going to be more boys who just want to just do it faster. And there, and I'm at San Diego, so everybody here is in shape. I walk into the gym, and I used to be a small fish in a big pot, or sorry, big fish in a small pot in Connecticut, and I was one of the biggest guys in every gym I walked into. I walk into the gym here, and I'm fat compared to some of these guys. <laughs> like They're walking around at 27 years old with 5% body fat. They're veiny, they're tan, they're beautiful. Every girl looks amazing. So the environment is going to dictate also, too, what kind of messaging you receive. Because if I lived in Iowa mm -hmm. City... Or if I lived in fucking rural Alberta, I would probably be the hottest thing on the planet. But that's not reality. Like I live in this reality. So I could see why there's pressure that people feel. Like if you're in a place that's affluent where people take care of themselves and you don't happen to be that type of person, you're going to start to feel like shit because of, the, of what you see around you. But you can't, as much as you shouldn't try to compare yourself to other people, and I understand that that's never going to really go away. But how well can you specifically do for yourself? Like compare yourself to what you've done in the past and take note of what you felt and how you felt because of your actions. And can you do better than that? Because that's the only thing you can actually control. You can't control what Susan Dallas Street is doing. She may have a better deck than you, you know, genetically. She may have been more consistent than you have for 20 years. She may not have a job. She may not have three kids at all. So all of these comparisons that we play we, it's an unfair comparison and we have to be able to empower people to know that this stuff is in your control and there has to be a great deal of education surrounding it because this is not common about. Yeah. And I think just the whole like comparison thing, it's so easy to be like, oh, they're so lucky. They have it so easy. They can lose weight so well. And it's like, okay, but you haven't seen like their history. Like maybe they've been doing this for 20, 30 years. Maybe they're, you don't know what their history was like, like the obstacles they had to overcome, how long they've been working at it. Cause I mean, that's how lots of these testimonials that you see are, right? Where it's like, this person lost this much weight in this amount of time. And it's like, okay, but how long did it take them to get them to a point where then they were able to lose weight? Like, there's so many people that have to do the whole reverse dieting because they're eating a thousand calories for the last however many years. And that's now where their metabolism is. How long did it take them to bring that back up so they could actually feel good and get into a position where they could lose weight without like totally suffering and hating their life? So like we have people who have done that for like seven months, eight months, nine months where they before they can actually get to where they need to be because of all their history of trauma and stressors and not sleeping and all the things that take time to establish is you're not going to make someone cut their calories if they're not able to be consistent with their meals in the beginning anyways. So it's like. 
you're like, oh man, like she cut calories and lost this weight this fast. And it's like, okay, but you don't understand all the groundwork and all the history and all the work they put in. So it's so easy to look and be like, oh, they're so lucky. But people don't share that part of the story, which is super frustrating. And like, that's the part of the story that matters the most. Yeah, I want to see the bottom of the iceberg. Yeah, like if I'm ever around people that are done in me, like that's why I love Andrew so much because he's somebody who can stand in a room with Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Rock and not want the picture with him, but wants to pick their brain. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough coaches in our space that are like that because people are out here for the Instagram likes and the followings. And like, even with my event, people want to be on that stage because it makes them important. They don't want to be yeah. on that stage to serve their community because this is a community. Mm-hmm. The fitness industry is something that's given me an opportunity to live in California, put a roof over my head. It's allowed me to impact hundreds and thousands of lives. And I'm grateful for that. So for me, I, I don't, I'm not in this community to extract as much as I can from it because I'm not extracting anything really from it. I'm putting my heart and soul into it every single day. And yes, of course, we can't do this. Like we have to burn a little. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no different than the chick who decides to do OnlyFans or, you know, the, the model three, who's got a night gig as a stripper. Like you can't look down on people for how they are in a living. If they have to do what they have to do, unfortunately, as coaches, we have to also be sales. I don't yeah. like that part of what we do. It, it, it it's not, it's not <laughs> slimy, but it's also, it's not great asking the people for, for money for something that you know, mm-hmm. they could be doing themselves. But if you have a system that works, if you have a support community that works, if you have the educational resources to provide to individuals, then you should be asking for what you're worth and people should be able to look at that and value that because if they actually take advantage of it, because that's the other part is there has to be participation. You can't just hire a coach and then expect your problems to go away. Like I have to remind people on a daily basis and I know who the problem ones are who need a little bit more TLC and I know who doesn't need any of my help because they're just flying at a thousand feet and they're killing it. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, like, I have almost, I don't know, almost 70 clients right now that I work with by myself. I don't have any assistance or anything. I do everything on my own. That's and a lot. Like, well, 70 is a lot. I had like 50 and almost had a mental breakdown. Actually, I did have so, a mental breakdown. Like, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> it's funny because people always ask me, like, how do you do it? I'm like, it's it's what I do all day, every day. Like, I this thing is an extension of my hair. Like, if I get a text message, like seven have come in since we started this, I'm going to answer all seven of these people the second we're done. Mm-hmm. because that's what they're paying me for. They're not paying me to get skinny. They're not paying me to be the best lifters or the best eaters on the planet. They're paying me to be fucking available to them because if they're having a breakdown at the airport in front of a restaurant, if they're having a shit night with their husband and they want to eat all the candy in the cupboards, I need to be able to talk them off that ledge because of the more often they can have that support, the more likely they are to comply to a process that's going to give them back something that they want. So it's not about being the best tactician of nutrition or the best trainer on the planet because none of that shit matters. Psychology is deeply, deeply rooted in this business. And if we don't understand the reason why people do what they do, what sets them off, why they don't know how to cope with stress, how to install coping mechanisms, like we're essentially like, I feel like almost every coach should get some training in psychology to some extent. A hundred percent. That's why I do so much reading on it because it's it's so beneficial, like really understanding like what kind of questions should you be asking? Because you want to support them when they're like a, like on the ledge, right? Like they're freaking out, but at the same time be able to help like instill in them like problem solving skills on their own because you don't want them to rely on you forever. So it's like trying to find that like in between of like 
How can I support you, but also instill the skills to be autonomous and be able to like feel confident enough to do this on your own eventually? Because that's not what you want. You don't want to have them forever. And I tell people that all the time. It's like, we love you so much, but like, we do want to see you leave eventually. Like that is the end goal. Maybe not the best like business model, but like realistically, this is what we want is like for you to leave here and feel like I did it. I can do this. I have the tools. I have the resources. I know where to look. If this happens, I know what questions to ask. I have the right like troubleshooting skills. That's what you want. You want to see people do this. So it's like, I always find that challenging sometimes like wanting to like help them like when they react right away versus like, okay, how can I like respond to this in a way to like ask the right questions to help them figure it out on their own, but like not allow too much time to pass where they may have like made a decision. Now they feel poorly and then they're doing something else. It's like, it's such a like touch and go situation sometimes, (laughs) but like, that's what, that's what coaching is. Cause like, I have so many people that like will message me like, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. What do you think? I'm like, okay, let's chat it out. Let's figure it out. Here's what I would recommend focus on this, focus on that. This is what I aim for. Like, do you have any questions? Ask me if you need help troubleshooting, like happy to help. And there's people who will go and they will do it and they're great. They're like, they feel confident. They have like autonomous, like they're, they're good. They can take those like things and just do it. That's just like their personality. Whereas other people are like, oh, like it didn't work. And it's like, well, did you do the stuff? And they're like, no. And it's like, hey, well, this is where you need a coach. Cause like, I can give you all of the resources. I can give you all the information. I can give you all the answers. And like 99% of the time when I'm talking to someone in my DMs, you do, you give them everything they need, but they don't have the skills or the confidence or the ability in the moment to like plan or troubleshoot or figure those things out. And that's where like coaching is really important. Like we are someone who's going to help you with those things, but like people are just so nervous to like invest because they may have had like a poor like past prior experience. Right. And I think that's just like, it's so unfortunate when you hear those stories when they're like, oh, it was clearly copy and pasted. Oh, it was clearly the same program for everyone. And that's like, oh, it sucks. It sucks because they taint the field so badly. Yeah. But that's out of, uh, that's out of art. I actually, I don't mind it. I, I know it does degrade our industry a little bit. That's the reality of it is like, there are going to be more bad coaches than there are great coaches. It's just how it is. It's like anything else, right? Like if the world was full of good at whatever they were doing, yeah, but, that's true. Uh, and it happens across any industry. That's just our industry. It just happens to oh, be yeah. very easy in our industry because there's no barrier to entry. You can become a coach in 24 hours. You know, you could have lost 80 pounds yourself and now you're a coach. You could have won a bodybuilding competition and now you're a coach. We've got a weekend certification coach. And I, that's not to slight credentials because I think credentials are important. But what about like life experience? Have you actually worked with enough people and helped them and saw them through a process for a long period of time to you yourself understand how to navigate and diagnose problems? Because that's I don't care what the textbook says. Like I, I remember Nasm sitting there like being like, "Who the fuck cares about valgus knees?" Like, yeah, <laughs> no. Like Mrs. Jones does not give a shit about whether her knees are Caitlyn inwards or not. She's uncomfortable that she's sixty pounds heavier. That's not a squatting issue. She has a fundamental behavior problem that I don't care how many times you teach her how to squat or how many times you teach her about macros and calories. She still has a follow through problem. And unless you're there for her and unless your model is set up to be supportive to those individuals, you can be the best coach on the planet and they're never receiving that message because you're not there for them. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have, cause there are, there's some coaches that have so many certifications, like so many, but like, if you can't like 
communicate the right stuff to the right client or like really understand where they're coming from or you come from the like the because like I mean we all have bad days and you might be like a little bit short and be like oh she's just not trying hard enough and it's like oh that is like <clears throat> never want to hear that come out of any coach's mouth like that is not no, not great thinking. and like you get thinking yeah is Lord, Lord, <laughs> yeah. listen Lord we all get frustrated we're all so human too like and what I don't think a lot of our clients understand about our business is that we eat negative energy all day long yeah it's so exhausting sometimes we're not getting 30 text messages of like, oh my God, Seth, thanks so much for changing my life. My life is amazing now because of you. It's like, no, mom fucking miserable. I used to look like shit. What are we going to do about it? That's every single day, 10 to 20 times a day. So think about that. Like most people are not shoveling shit like we are all day long, having to still <laughs> smile about it and be supportive of it, even though you know that they're the ones shooting themselves in the foot. So we have to come back with a very reasonable and very caring, empathetic answer. Sometimes maybe we drop the hammer a little bit and begin a little bit more on the tough love side, but we have to be able to manage 30, 40, 70 personalities on a daily basis. And, and then we still have to manage our own life and our own finances or our own families and what's, uh, what's going on all the fuck more. So they agree. I don't want anybody to ever feel bad for us because we chose this life. And you yeah. know, when I'm oh, on 100%. my phone, at, I'm on my phone at dinner on a Friday night, it's because I chose to be on my phone at dinner on a Friday night. It's because I just chose to be available to my clients. And I haven't set office hours or boundaries because life doesn't have office hours and boundaries. That's true. <laughs> life just like will throw curveballs, right? And like, I mean, how many times have you gotten a text where someone's like, oh, the scale went up a pound. And it's like, okay, let's just troubleshoot this. What did yesterday look like? Was there salt, water, dehydration, a hard workout? Did you sleep enough? Was there extra stress? Too much fiber? Did you go to the bathroom? Like all these things, but it's like, like that's us all day is like constantly yep. putting out fires yep, all the it. time. <laughs> no, and then people are like, uh, and people ask because they want the direct definitive answer. And I think, yeah. you know, people listen to these podcasts, they want actionable steps. And I'm sure plenty of people, you've had multiple episodes where I'm sure you've given them exactly the blueprint that they needed. And every message will obviously will always resonate differently with every person. I'm sure that's why, you know, that's why I have various guests on. That's why I try to do different things on my podcast. But the reality is, is there's no one way to do this the right way because there is no mm -hmm. right way to do this. The right way is just doing whatever thing makes you feel your best every day for the rest of your life because you're going to eat food for the rest of your life and you're going to want to have to move your body for the rest of your life. And you want to like actually enjoy moving. And I'm not saying like go into the gym and squat till you throw up or, you know, run until you pass out. I'm just saying like understand what's actually trying to be accomplished inside the gym setting, which is important, which a lot of people don't know. Yeah, what's the purpose? Like I put out a quiz. Like I put out a quiz once every few months to my clients. I create like a ten question or a twenty question quiz, and then whoever wins, whoever gets the highest score, I buy a little bag of protein. Um, my last one was twenty questions, and I'm teaching constantly. Like once a week, we're doing a Zoom call where I'm talking about like the finite nuances of biofeedback, biomechanics, insulin resistance. Like I'm going above and beyond, and I was getting people that were getting 15 raw, 17 raw. I'm like, how are you only getting wow. three right? And then these are obviously all the same people that are bitching out on a weekly basis that they're not getting results. <laughs> so last night on my Zoom call, like, okay, quiz time, because most of you guys suck at training and we have to fix that because you still don't understand what the fuck your lats are or where your glutes are. And by the way, I send out training cheat sheets, nutrition cheat sheets. Mm -hmm. Do you think anybody reads it? No. No. People ask for it all the time, and then just sits in their inbox. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I the email that I said is this long. It's got everything you need to know, bullet pointed all the way down. Yep. And I still, what do I check here? How do I take measurements? What 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 are my back? It's like it's it's there. It's everything's there. I sent it to you. I wrote it. It took me thirty minutes to write. Just read it. So we don't again. We don't have a resources issue because you can go on Instagram today, right now, and there are a hundred accounts I could point to that will teach you the nuances of training, the nuances of meal prep, macro friendly recipes. Everything is free online. Everybody, like all the new coaches, are giving away content for free because they know you still won't be able to fucking use it. And you're still going to sit there and fumble around and you're going to nickel and dime your way through it. And you're not going to commit blah, 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 that five, seven, 10 years go by. And then you're going to finally get miserable enough to make a decision. And then three weeks into it, you're going to still get upset and it's not happening. Yeah. And that shit needs to stop. And it's on us to be able to display the message of the long game, because that is the only game way to win. Well, and it's like you, the longer you wait, the longer it's going to take to get to your results. Like the way I describe it, it's like you're just digging a hole constantly in the wrong direction. And the longer that you dig that hole down there, the harder it is to, it's going to be to get out and then not only get back to normal, but then like get to where you want to be on top of that. So like the the longer that you wait, you're like, oh, it's not that bad or maybe it'll change. And it's like you're like hoping or you're like, oh, I'm trying to be better. And it's like, but trying doesn't result in change. Action well, are, results in change. are you actually trying though? Like that's Literally. the thing is I hear, I hear try. Like I, I DM somebody today. Uh, they had commented on, this is like a, tact, a sales tactic of mine that I've been using for the event. Like if a coach reposts one of my posts, I say, hey, thanks for reposting. Are you coming to the event in March? Just to see if they even know about it. Yeah. And I'm getting so many of these, I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to make it. I'm like, don't try. Either tell me Just yes, I'm it. coming because I bought a ticket and I, I'm going to come to Vegas or tell me that you don't want to come. There's no yeah. try. It's either I'm doing or I'm not doing. There's, because yeah. tr- trying means that you're making a concerted effort on a daily basis because it matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be blatantly obvious in what's happening, but you don't see it because it's not changing. Nothing's actually happened because you're not trying. You're thinking about it, right? You're interested, but you ain't committed. And that's the problem is how many people do we get that are just interested in this stuff? I'm interested in learning more. And they submit and they they schedule a phone call. And then because they got, it's like, then why do you think all the fat loss commercials happen at, after 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. <laughs> because that's when people are sitting there on their ass watching TV with a bag of snacks on their stomach. And they're wondering why they're not getting any results. And it's like, that's why they target those people at those times of day. Yep. So they see an ad where they call upon your page and they see something that resonates. They see my page and they see something that resonates. They go and they sign up for a call. And then you spend three weeks chasing this person down to get a phone call. Then when you tell them what you do, how you do it, like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go and try to do it myself. Yep. How how well does that work for you? Like you've been doing it yourself for 38 years. It hasn't worked. Like it's, we're not at, like, I don't, I don't cost a thousand dollars a month. I'm sure you don't either. Mm -mm. So like, I, I'm sure we were to put together our finances somehow, cut a couple of quarters here and there, make a few sacrifices on dinners, coffees, and the stuff, we would be able to scrounge up $275. And even if you spent three or four months at somebody's program and you truly immersed yourself and participated in that program, you would probably get some value out of it. Yeah, like we just assume that being there passively is somehow going to like get us to where we need to be. And it's like, no, you have to do things. Thinking about things doesn't result in change. Action results in change. So, like, and what you said, what you really said just... earlier, talk. I, I want you to to drill this point home. You said it earlier, and I love the idea. 
what is it? Messy, imperfect action. Yeah. Yeah. Messy like, action is better. Or imperfect action is better than no action at all. Yeah. Like I, you're going to suck at it. Like you didn't walk into work and we're just good at it. You got to learn no. how to fucking be good at what you did. Like, I don't care what it was, whether it was learning <laughs> how to swim, learning how to run, learning how to use the fucking printer and the copy machine at work. Like you sucked at it at first and then you finally figured it out. Why would nutrition and training be any different? Especially training. Like nutrition is a little bit more, I don't want to say intuitive because then that blows back to intuitive meaning. I hate yeah. that idea because intuitive, <laughs> intuitive eating for me means like pizza and wings and ice cream. For and me, it's intuitive. those gummy worms. <laughs> so you like, so you, you're not like a chocolate person. You like gummy. So you I like don't mind the, uh, chocolate. Like I like, I like sweets and stuff more than like salty. Like for so me, a bag of chips okay. doesn't bother me, but if there's like candy, chocolate or like baking, Oh, I once threw up because I ate too much Christmas baking. Like, that's brutal. Like, who does uh, that? I did. I have, like, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. There's someone else in the world that's done I, too. I ate a, a whole tray of brownies once. Um, <laughs> but no, but like, that's the thing. It's like these things are never going. It's only no. getting worse, right? We're going to have more processed foods, more highly palatable foods. We're going to have more technology, less motion. So the the direction that we're heading in as a society is not going to be set up for you to be your best self. So you're going to be the weirdo. You're going to be the person that's going to the party and not eating the shit. You're going to be the person that's saying no to stuff and spending that night at the gym. You're going to be the person that's abstaining from alcohol. You're going to be the person that's going to be very odd and alienated because most of the world does not live like we do. Which is crazy. Like when when did it become shameful to want to take care of your health? Like I tell it to clients all the time. I'm like, do not be embarrassed or ashamed that you are trying to do something to better your health and like your mind, your body, your relationships. So like if someone's giving you crap for having alcohol, it's like, or for not having alcohol, it's like, since when is that a bad thing? Like that's insane to me. But it, it's it because other people know that that's what they should be doing and they're not. So if you're doing it, it's almost like, well, well, fuck you. Who do you think you are? Yeah, which is that, insane. That's what happens. But that's what happens. Unfortunately, like most, like I don't care if they're your best friend or your mother or your father. Like most people want you to be on their level. Mm-hmm. They don't want to well, watch you shine. They don't want to see you start getting exactly. better. And that's why sometimes when you start getting better, your circle of friends gets smaller. The that's, people yeah, you spend time 100%. with changes. Like I have this all the time with, especially my female clients. Like they lose a lot of friends along the way mm-hmm. because their friends are trying to go out every weekend. And they're like, well, no, you can have that. What? Like, don't do that. Don't go to work out today. Just, just, just come out with us tonight. And it's like, I get it, right? Like I used to, I used to party a ton. And like, cocaine is one of those drugs that you don't want to do by yourself. So you just share with everybody, and <laughs> you want everybody to get involved, and you don't want to be the last one standing at five in the morning by yourself in your fucking bathroom, staring at yourself in the mirror. So what do you do? You recruit other people. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go be miserable together. It's like that with eating like shit and partying and, and going out and, and not feeling your best because when you're when you when you realize that you're the only one that still feels like that, and you're like, Well, I want to bring all these other people with me. As opposed to like nobody wants to hear the fit person advocating for fitness or advocating for health because it seems pompous or it seems holier than now. And in reality, that's how the conversation really should be. Yeah, like there's one quote by Alex Hormozzi that like when he said it, it spoke to me so hard. And it was People don't want the best version of you. They want the version of you that best serves them. Now it's like, oh my gosh, like what a bomb. Like that is something that resonated with me. I'm like, ah, this makes sense why I literally have like three of the same friends that I used to. (laughs) 
like most people did not come with me. Like it's insane. Um, but I think that's just like, it's hard. And I think especially for like females who are like grow up in like a community where like, you know, like your best friends have babies at the same time or you're all doing the same things. And then if one person kind of deviates away, it's like, oh, like, who are you? Like, you think you're so much better than us and blah, 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 whatever. And then it's like this whole thing and you got to find like a new community and can be freaking lonely and it can be so hard. But like, just know once you find those people, it's like, oh man, like you're going to be so much better off and so much happier. And you do become the average of the people that you spend the most time with. So like, make sure that it's, you actually want to be like those people. I think that's like a super huge thing. And if you don't, who do you want to be more like? Go and associate yourself with them. And it's tough, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have friends here in San Diego that are invite me out four or five nights a week. And they're like, why you never go out? I'm like, because I, I don't want to feel and look like you do. And like, I'm, but <laughs> no, you know honestly. me, I mean, I'm, I'm honest. Like, I, I tell them, yeah. like, one of my best friends here is a, is a drug dealer. And he's a good guy. And him and I just don't see eye to eye and stuff. I'm like, I'll see you when I need to see you. Yeah. I don't need to hang out with you every weekend because I don't want to do what you do. Because I don't want to wake yeah. up and fucking at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning wanted to shoot myself. Yeah. Or like, I don't like, I have so many of my friends here that are complaining about like, oh, like, how do I get rid of this? And how do I get rid of that? And like, how do you look so good? It's like, cause I do shit that you're not willing to do. That's I literally live a what it comes down you, to. I live a life that you're not willing to even think about because all the other stuff is so much easier or attractive to you than this. But guess what? When you start noticing those changes and you start feeling good and you start really being the boss of your own life, you don't give a shit about anything else and you were fine staying in your own way. But people never get to that point because they're just not waiting long enough to get there. They're just like, well, I expected myself to be completely four or five sizes down in six weeks and I'm not. So what's the point? Which is crazy. <laughs> I know. It's like you're taking you 12 years to put on 40 pounds. 12. And now you're yeah. like expecting a 12-week transformation. Like, yeah, it's why? insane. Why would it be like, how long did it take you to to be good, a, a good wife and a good mother. Like how long did it take you to develop a relationship before it became really, really good? How long were you, did it take you to get that, that promotion at your job? It wasn't a three year difference. It was probably a 10 year difference. Exactly. If you look at it, any physiques online that are meaningful, nothing less than a two year transformation. Nothing. Yeah. I've never For seen it to anybody. to be sustainable, right? Yes. That's the huge part. Two years at a minimum, at a minimum. And I, I, I've seen five, I've seen seven, I've seen 10. I usually tell people the rule of thumb is, is how, whatever weight, however long it took you to put that weight on, take a third of that. And that's how long it should probably take you to get off. So if it took you 10 years to get fat and I'm counting, it'll probably take you at least three to not be like that. Yeah. And then they were like, well, that's too long. And it's okay. So then either, what are your choices? You stay exactly the same or it gets worse, or do you start making the steps to improve yourself? Like that's really your decisions. So you get to choose. And what the hell is you going to do with your time? It's going to pass anyways. If you're in your 40s or 50s, even 60s, like people are living to be 90, 100 years old and they're active. So do you want to be the person that's like waiting for the next pill or the next machine to be hooked up to you at the hospital at 85 years old? Or do you want to be like living in that old folks community and like still popping Viagra's and going out on dates? Because you exactly. can do that. Like I don't play, my, my parents live in Florida. There's, there is more active seniors in Florida than I've ever seen, like driving, playing tennis, biking, going to the gym, or, or having parties with like 85, 90 year olds where they're like dancing and having a good time. Like what you can do that. Yeah. Like actually live your life. Absolutely. And, but it's your call. 
because you could also be the one that's hooked up to a machine and was eating 75 medications a day, not living that life, just waiting for the lights to go out. But nobody thinks about 75 and 45, right? Like I'm fat now. What are we going to do now? Well, start doing things now. So maybe by 70, you won't be fat anymore. So like you have the, the control and the power to do that, but you're just thinking about it in an acute, immediate fashion. And unfortunately, as much as you try to fight it, biology does not hit. No, not even a little. <laughs> nope. Well, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, is there, where can people find you? I already like said, everyone go follow him on Instagram, four weeks to the beach. Amazing posts, great content. Um, but yeah, like tell us about your event and anywhere else that people can find you. Yeah, that's it. Four weeks to the beach. The number four, the number two um, is where I spend most of my time. So if you ever have questions or anything you need, like just DM me, I'll always answer. And then the event. It's called the Real Coaches Summit, but it's not just for coaches. The way people are absolutely welcome. I would say that probably 70% of the speakers are going to be more tactical nutrition training and cardiovascular work as opposed to business stuff. So um, it's not just for coaches. Like, yes, if you're a coach, massive benefit. But even if you're just a person who's just nerding out on this stuff, and even like I told my own clients, like, I want you guys to come because I want you to see what's possible. I want you to be in a room. Because well, it's it's the like last year was probably about ninety percent women that came. I'm anticipating this year might be a little less. Let's call it eighty or eighty five. But still, if you're like a woman, you're looking to find that tribe of other women who are like entrepreneurs, mothers in shape. You'll see a lot of that type of person there, and it's going to fire you up. Now, obviously, getting fired up is one part. Doing stuff to change your life is yep. the other part. <laughs> but at least if you immerse yourself in that type of community, you're going to see what's possible if you actually try. Because a lot of times. They don't believe us because we're telling them that stuff and we look a certain way already. So it's like, well, you already got there. So like, I don't believe that it's going to happen to me. But if they see other women in their own circumstances or similar circumstances achieving some of these things, it can maybe start to spark some reframe in the mind and start to take some action in the right direction. So I think even just out of the educational value, it's the immersion value of being in that community of people that are on the same journey as you are, or maybe it's slightly ahead or slightly behind you. So I think it's, you know, the tickets are on sale now and they're going to be on sale until the event. But right now the price is 548 bucks, uh, all meals included, two happy hours or three happy hours. Uh, it's going to be about, there's 14 presenters. So it'll be all day, Monday, all day, Tuesday. So people will schedule and be flying to Vegas on Sunday, fly out Wednesday morning. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the second year I'm running it and I did it because I just thought all the other events sucked. Minus Andrews, because I think Andrews' event will be good. Raise the Bar is a good event. There's a handful of good events out there. And if you're a coach that's listening to this and you're not going to these in-person events because you're afraid to spend the money, you're going to make it. that money back tenfold. Like tenfold. Like my business would never be where it's at today if I didn't spend time in these rooms. And it's not even so much for the people on stage talking to you, but you learn through so many other entrepreneurs that are sitting in that yeah. room who have the same challenges that you might have had that were like, oh, cool, you got this problem. We'll just do this, this, and this, and you'll fix. And you just have people in the trenches that are doing the work right now, and you're sitting there scrubbing shoulders with them, and they might have you know a six-figure business that you want, and they're very practical about how they got there. They, don't, they won't give you any of the secrets or the guru tips. They just be like, this is how I did it, and this is how I do it, and that's it. So. If you're not going to these things, you're missing out on a massive value because I don't care how many textbooks and books you read, you'll never even get that same type of interaction by not going to these things. So, and yes, I have to still cover my cost. <laughs> Honestly, I always find events, I always find events incredible, like the people that you meet and ideas and like 
people will share like, oh, yeah, this is what my application form looks like, or this is what I did, or yes, I was in a similar situation as you, or because I spoke at like Coaching Con and I had a couple of people come up to me after like, oh my gosh, oh, like did? I feel like, yeah, and I had a couple people who were like, oh, like, I feel like what you went through and what you're dealing with is like, where you were struggling is exactly where I am right now. Like, how did you get out of it? Like, how did you not give up? And it was so great just to like, talk with people and like you build those connections and like people are more especially presenter wise I find like people are so willing to like sit down and give their time and like talk about anything it can be like how they manage like their family and running a business or how they happen to like keep their nutrition on track when they are super busy like it was really great to be able to again like rub shoulders with people and like have introductions done and I always think those events are so worth it. Um, so like I'm a huge proponent proponent of like, you guys should go. Like that is where like you'll meet the right people and have the right support. And then if you're struggling, you have people who've like been there or are going through it as opposed to like, I mean, I live in Regina, Saskatchewan. There's not a lot of people who are entrepreneurs in this space here like i don't have a circle of that you need to find those communities and those people and like events is the best way to do it and it's a great place to learn too and even if you're not a coach like if you're someone who's just busy and like trying to balance this thing called life and work and not really understanding what that looks like or you know all these other things these places are awesome for that because like people will share their stories and it's powerful and look at the opportunity that opened up for you. I'm sure you sat in the seats for a very long time before you got an opportunity. Now oh, you yeah. spoke at one of the biggest events of the year. I mean, I know Jason very well. And Coaching God is a massive event with most of the presenters being paid to be there. So, like, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, like <laughs> I was Alex like, Alex I can't believe I'm on the same stage as some of these people. It's insane. Right. Alex Hormozzi and all these other guys. And you're on stage with them. So, that's the other thing is like, if you ever want to be an authority figure in this, you know, you never want to get to a point where people are listening to you and you're helping other people get to where you got, you have to spend time in those seats. You can't just, you know, because I've had plenty of people reach out to me like, I want to be a speaker or that. I'm like, who the fuck are you? What have you done? Yeah, that means nothing to me. You know, I don't <laughs> care. People like, just do that. You, like, right, or like even just like like podcasting. Like, you had thoughts about this all the time. Like, don't ask me to come on a podcast. Like, I'll invite you on if I feel like you're. I need you yeah. on. But I don't like. I don't need to be asked to be like. It's not like yeah. a pompous thing. It's not because I don't think you're good enough. It's just if there's a compelling story out there, sure. Like a, yeah. a woman DM me the other day. She's like, "You got to get my friend on a podcast." She's had a crazy story, and then six paragraphs later, I read it. I'm like, "Holy shit! Yes, she needs to come on." Yeah. Um, because I think we need to show us share stories that are going to empower other people to act. And if we start exactly. thinking that we're we're bigger than this industry, we're not. Because there's gonna be somebody better and bigger and makes more money than us always. So we have to stay humble and we have to know where to take. Yeah. And we get nervous to like invest the money, right? But it's like, oh man, like the amount of money I've spent on like conferences, certifications, courses, whatever you want to call it, like I have spent easily over a hundred thousand dollars i'm sure in my lifetime and like continue to do that but like it's so worth it in terms of like what you can learn for your health what you can learn on how to help other people to get in the right rooms to meet people who will support you like honestly it's so worth it and like you never know when one event can change your life honestly and you then you do not deserve to ask for money lessons you don't like i'm sorry like, if you're a coach out there who's was, was making clients pay for you like, you better be earning Oh, a hundred percent. And like trying to get better in some way, shape or form every day. Absolutely. So no, I appreciate you having me on. I'm very excited to meet you in person. I think this is going to be great. 
I can't uh, wait. <laughs> I'll have to set. I'm I'm gonna get. I'm trying to make this work. But the, the big the big thing last year was my feet hurt so bad from walking around the venue that I had to use these white hotel slippers because I couldn't oh fit my, my gosh, feet in my. So I found these. On, oh my uh, gosh, I love those. <laughs> I found these on Amazon. They're made by a company called Juma. And all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find like 200 pairs of just white ones. And oh I'm going to put the gosh. Real Coaches Summit logo out of them. That's oh, that'd be, be amazing. Part of, your, part of your swag bag. So we're all going to be walking around in slippers. All- <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hopping on and sharing your time and knowledge with us. And uh, I'll see you in March. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.